Today, by the grace of God, we are looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 8, from verse 1 to 5. Christian giving the case of the Macedonian churches. Before we go, let us, uh, let us pray. Let's bow down our heads for prayer. Our Father and our God, we thank you. Almighty God, we bless your name. We worship your name. We exalt your name. We praise your name. We magnify your name. We thank you for the opportunity for us to see another day, another month, another year. We bless your name. We know you are the giver of life, and you are the one that has given us. We're not better than those that are dead. We're not better than those that are, that are incapacitated, those that are sick in the hospital, those that are in prison, those that have one problem or the other. And for this, Lord, we are grateful. And we say, be thou exalted in Jesus' name. As we go into your word, Father, we pray that your spirit and your power will come upon every one of us in Jesus' name. We'll explain your word to understanding and the application to our lives in Jesus' name. We thank you because we know you have answered. Holy Spirit, take control. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 8, from verse 1 to 5. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given to the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify, verse 3, that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in the service of the lost people. And they exceeded their expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord and then by the will of God also to us. May the Lord bless the reading of his words in Jesus' name. Some of the revelations that we see from from these five uh, verses of the scripture, number one, we're going to be looking at joy, the joy of salvation in the midst of trials and hardship. The joy of salvation amidst trials and hardship. We're going to be looking at voluntary, sacrificial giving to the work of God and to his people. We're going to be looking at Christian giving. Quickly, Christian giving an investment into the kingdom of God an investment in the kingdom of God, and we'll close it up by talking about God's abundance, God's abundance for the sacrificial giving. Joy of salvation amidst trials and hardship. Joy of salvation in the midst of trials and hardship. We we'll go back to that second Corinthians that we, second Corinthians chapter eight, 2 Corinthians chapter 8 from verse 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 1. He said, 2 Corinthians, if you have the Bible, you can open. He said, now brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace of God that is given to the Macedonian churches. In the midst of very severe trial, their overflowing joy 
and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Their overflowing joy, their extreme, you know, their overflowing job, joy, their extreme poverty. That these people, they had poverty, they had affliction, they had trials. But notwithstanding their trials, they had joy. They had joy regardless of the external physical condition that they, that they were. They, they were. they were having joy. They were having overflowing joy. Overflowing joy that, that was coming from within. Overflowing joy that was coming from the internal. Overflowing joy, joy that, that has nothing to do with the conditions surrounding them. That was what he was telling them of the experience of the Macedonian churches. And he was talking to the Corinthians, and today, by the grace of God, he's talking to us, the Church of God in Snowdon Baptist Church in Montreal, that the Macedonian brethren, they had affliction. They, had, they were in difficulty. But notwithstanding their difficulty, there was something about them that the difficulties, the poverty, the afflictions, the pain that they were going through could not stop the radiation of the joy on their faces. Why? Because that joy was coming from inside of them. That joy is the joy of salvation. That joy is the joy that we experience when we give our life to Jesus Christ. That joy is the joy that must precede anything we give in the house of God. That joy is the joy that is coming from the transformation, the transformation that is within. The transformation that is within that we get when we give our lives to Jesus Christ. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. We also look at uh, Luke chapter 19 from verse 8. If you can pick up the Bible in, the, in front of you, and you can open to Luke chapter, Luke chapter 19 and then verse 8. Luke chapter 19, verse 8, we see another, another example of joy, joy that came unto this man, this man called, the case of this man called Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. Zacchaeus was a tax collector. Zacchaeus was known by everybody to be a corrupt person. Somebody that was cheating people, that was, you know, getting, and his drive was to get from people. And he was known, and he didn't care. He continued in that. He continued in, you know, you know, manipulating people, using his position to enrich himself. But when he met Jesus, when Zacchaeus met Jesus, he said, he confessed, behold, Lord, half of my good I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything by false accusation, if anybody will come to me and say, yes, this one, you cheated me, this one you took from me, this one is not your own, he said, I will return it and I will even return it fourfold. Because he was, he was willing to do the restitution. He was willing to... That was somebody who, before he met Jesus, his drive was to get. To get from whoever comes his way. To cheat 
and to corrupt and to use his position to get from. But when he met Jesus, he said what? He said, I will, he, was, he now became somebody that wants to give. The Lord will help us with that experience in Jesus' name. That was the experience that came from internal transformation. Transformation that comes from within. And transformation that has happened in the lives of many of us and must also happen to as many that still require it today in Jesus' name. And verse 9, Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, for as much as he also is a son of Abraham. Jesus acknowledges it that this is an evidence of salvation, that it is the transformation that has come into his life as a result of, as a result of meeting with him. The Lord will give us this transformation in Jesus' name. In Titus chapter 2 and verse 11, he said, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared unto all men. The grace of God that brings salvation. So that it is that salvation is the first thing. It's the first thing, the first experience of the Macedonian churches that they were able to give. They were able to, they were able to, to, to overcome the circumstances, the physical circumstances that they found themselves. Many of us, definitely, we are as human beings, we will find ourselves in um, you know, unpleasant circumstances sometimes. We will find ourselves in things you know, that are difficult, difficult circumstances, different ones, maybe sickness, maybe affliction, maybe poverty, different ones, things that will make you know, any individual unhappy. But by, because of the joy, the joy that comes from within, the joy that makes us know that, yes, I belong to Jesus. Yes, I am part of the body of Christ. That, that, one, that recognition comes from within. And it is that recognition that will make the person to, to glow, the face to glow, joy coming, notwithstanding the circumstances. Not, I, I, I'm, I'm sure we have seen people like that. I'm sure it happens to some of us like that too. And it is the same experience with the Macedonian churches, that they were in difficulties, but notwithstanding their difficulties, they were still happy. They were still able to give. Joy from within, the afflictions and poverty cannot take away. Afflictions, difficulties of life, and poverty cannot take away. In Romans chapter 8, verse 35, if we can open our Bible to Romans chapter 8 and verse, verse 35. Quickly, Romans chapter 8, I'll read from verse 35, and then I'll read verse, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the soldier. For I am persuaded, verse 38, for I am persuaded, I am convinced, and persuaded that neither death nor life, angels, principalities, demons, powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creation shall be able to separate us from the love of Christ, which is from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That when we give our life to Jesus, we have joy. We have joy from within. 
joy that makes us to overcome whatever situation or circumstances, negative situation and circumstances that may come our way. The Lord will give us this joy in Jesus' name. Joy that trials and tribulations cannot diminish, and it manifests generosity. It manifests generosity. That was the experience of the, the brethren in the Macedonian churches. Quickly, we move on to voluntary sacrificial giving to the work of God and to his people. Another thing we see from those five verses, we see voluntary sacrificial giving to the work of God and to his people. Second Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 3. Second Corinthians, our text, chapter 8, and then we read verse 3. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They gave as much as they were able, even beyond their ability, entirely, completely on their own. These people gave. And he testified, Paul the Apostle testified, and is telling us today that these Macedonian believers, they gave according to their ability, the generosity. And even beyond their ability, sacrificial, even beyond their ability, they gave entirely on their own, voluntary, voluntary, willingly, without anybody pushing them, without anybody, you know, trying to explain to them, trying to persuade them. They gave willingly. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. So also we know that relationship with God, work with God cannot be passive. What with God cannot, 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 we can't do it by just, by, by just folding our hands. We have to give. We have to give. The Macedonian believers gave. And several people in the Bible gave. Working with God must cost us something. In that second Samuel 24, 24, we saw the story of uh, David. We remember the story of David. David said he was going to buy the field of uh, Arauna, and he said that I will not give anything to God that does not cost me anything. I will not give to God whatever it is that does not cost me anything. It must cost me something. Because it is in that cost, it is in that price that I'm paying to give to God that is where the joy, that is the joy, that is where the joy comes from, that I'm giving, I'm opportune to give to God. In Exodus chapter, we see also Exodus chapter, I want us, if you have the Bible open to Exodus chapter 25, we read that verse 1 and verse 2. Exodus chapter 25, verse 1 and verse 2. I think Pastor Brett also mentioned it in one of his, you know, preaching to us. Exodus chapter 25, when they were to build the tabernacle in the wilderness. Exodus chapter 25, and the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel that they bring me an offering 
of every man that gives it willingly with his heart, ye shall take my offering. God said to Moses, tell the children of Israel, we are going to build, you are going to build a tabernacle for me. You are going to build a place for my presence in their midst. But who is going to, where are we going to get resources to build the tabernacle? Tell them to bring offering. And they were bringing gold. They were bringing silver. They were bringing all the resources that, was, that were used to build the offering. I mean, to build, sorry, this tabernacle. So that the tabernacle must be built by not resources that will be brought by not people coming from outside. There is no other place where we're going to get resources that we are going to use to build the tabernacle is going to come from my people, from within. And the building of the work of God, the building of the church, the body of Christ, is going to come, resources is going to come from us. Resources in times of money, in times of time, in times of our talent, in times of everything that we have, that the Lord has put in our possession. And this year, 2023, the Lord God of heaven will help us to give ourselves, to give voluntarily, like the Macedonian churches, he said they gave entirely of their own. They gave according to their ability. He said they gave even much more than their ability. The Lord will help us to do according to his word in Jesus' name. In Luke chapter 21, we remember also the case of the woman, the widow's might. Luke chapter 21 from verse 1. Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter 21 from verse 1. Luke chapter 21 verse 1. We are reading verse 1, 2, 3, and 4. And he looked up and saw the rich men casting their gift onto the treasury. And he saw also a certain poor widow casting in either two mites. And he said, of a truth, I said unto you that this poor widow has cast in more than, they, more than they all, for all these have of the abundance cast in unto the offering of God, but she of her penury has cast in all the living that she has. Everybody was casting something into, into the house of, just like we normally, you know, give our our offering, our tithe, our whatever we have, we, it is not what we, it is, we are just doing what every people that have worked with God are doing, so also we are doing. And then he noticed, he, 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 he gave us a lesson here, that sacrificial giving always touches God. That the woman, she has given from everything that she had. But the lesson to us here is that just like the Macedonian churches, the people in the Macedonia, the brethren in Macedonia, in Macedonia, this widow also gave sacrificially. The, the, the Macedonian brethren, they gave, you know, much more than their ability and also entirely, completely, voluntarily. This woman also, nobody pushed her to do what she did. But she did it, of, of, but she did it anyway. A lot of people will have said, oh, I am poor. I don't have so much, you know, will have plunged, will have been plunged into self-pity. But because of internal conversion, 
because of conversion that comes from within, we are joyfully giving what we have unto the Lord. And as we give this year, the Lord God of heaven will reward us in Jesus' name. God is primarily a voluntary and sacrificial giver. We see that in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, before Jesus was born, long, long time before Jesus was born, if you can open Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Before Jesus was born, the prophecy came out unto us, for unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Unto us a child is born. That was a prophecy in Isaiah chapter 9, chapter 9 verse 6. But then we see also the fulfillment of this prophecy. Unto us a child is born. Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea. In Luke chapter 2, verse 11 to 12, we read it at, at the wash night of the, 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 Eve, the Christmas Eve. It was part of the, the, the lesson that was read to us, that to you this day is born a child, Jesus Christ. In that Luke chapter 11, verse 12. And then in John chapter 3, verse 16, Fulfilling the unto us, a son is given. God gave his only begotten son. So that God is primarily, it has been planned. It was not, it was not something that happened by accident. It did not happen by, a lot of things they happen, and as they happen, we begin to look at it. Why is this happening? They are happening because it is the design, it is the way God designed it. You can imagine it has been, the, 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 the prophet has spoken about it, unto us a son is given. Who gave the son? For God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed, God gave, what does he give? His son, only begotten son. That is the sacrificial giving. And the sacrificial giving, we're saying that what? At salvation, we take on the image of God internally as Christians. We take on his holiness. We take on his righteousness. We take on his love. We take on everything that has to do with the image of God. And importantly, also, we take on the heart to give. We take on the heart to give. To give into what God wants to give to. Like father, like son. When the son, you look at the child, you see the child will resemble the parent. If we are truly converted, if we are genuinely converted from inside, if we are really born again, we will have that image of God. And the Lord will give it to us in Jesus' name. Jesus also shed his blood and gave his life. In John chapter 10, verse 17 to 18, Jesus said, I give it by myself. I lay down my life. I give it by myself. Nobody took it from me. It was the commandment I got from my father to give myself. And I gave myself. In verse 17, John chapter 10, if you can open it, it says, Therefore, does my father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. Verse 18, no man takes it away from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power. 
to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This is the commandment I received from my father. Willingly, I gave. Sacrificially, I gave. He shed his blood. He gave his life. Abraham, another example we have in the Bible. In Genesis chapter 22, verse 1 to 3, God tested Abraham and asked Abraham, Abraham, here am I. Take your son, your only son that you have, up to Mount Moriah. Offer him to me as a sacrifice. And in verse 2, time will fail us. And in verse 2, he was up the mountain going to offer his son. So that Abraham's faith that we celebrate today did not just come for nothing. Abraham also demonstrated the heart of giving the heart of sacrificial giving. By the time you look at it from the Bible, from the beginning to the end, you see that working with God, working with God involves us giving. And as we give, the Lord God will help us in Jesus' name. Not giving and groaning, not giving and complaining. Sometimes we give. And we feel, we feel the devil may you know, suggest to us that, ah, am I the only person in this church? Am I the only one that they don't even encourage one to give? All these ones that we are even doing, don't they even? Sometimes we feel like that. But the lesson here is telling us that we should not groan. We should not, we should not, we should not, you know, we should give knowing that we are giving unto the Lord. We are giving unto the Lord, which you give joyfully. That was how the Macedonian believers gave. They were in difficulties. They were in afflictions. They were, maybe they were, some of them were terribly sick. Maybe they were being persecuted. But the account we have is that they were in trials, severe trials and extreme poverty. But notwithstanding their extreme poverty, they gave joyfully. They gave joyfully, and we also we are encouraged by the word of God today that we should do what? That we should go in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 11. Being enriched, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causes through us thanksgiving to God, that we should, we should, we should give unto God, not, not with groan. We should give joyfully. We should give with all our heart. And as we do that, the Lord God will help us in Jesus' name. Not seeking fame, not seeking recognition, not seeking that people should recognize me, people should, people should acknowledge me. I'm the one giving, doing this, I'm the one doing that. No, that is not the purpose. The purpose is that we are giving into the work of God. Christianity, uh, Christian giving an investment in the kingdom of God. Christian giving an investment into the kingdom of God. An investment. The people that did finance and uh, finance will tell us when we spend money, the money we spend is either an expense, an expense in which the benefit we get it immediately. We get the we get the we get the benefit immediately. But once we spend our money, and we spend our money into something that will give us benefit in the future, not benefit today, that becomes an investment. 
It is not, it is not, it is not an expense. We all have consumption and we all also spend into investment to give us benefit into the future. This lesson is telling us that what? That when we give, we will, we are giving to receive reward in the future. We're giving to receive something in the future. In verse 4 of 2 Corinthians chapter, chapter 8, praying us with much entreaty that we will receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege that the Macedonian churches saw it as a privilege, for the privilege to be part of the work of God, of sharing in this service of the Lord to the Lord's people. Paul, the apostle, and his entourage, they were working for God, they were preaching, they were good. But the Macedonian churches, notwithstanding their poverty, they saw an opportunity. They saw an opportunity to be part of the work of God, to be part of, you know, investing in the work of God in, in the service to the lost people. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 44, Matthew chapter 13, verse 44, I remember also when the pastor was uh, telling us about the parables of the kingdom, he mentioned this parable, the parable of Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter, chapter 13 and verse 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure that is hid in a field, and which when a man has found it, he hideth, and for the joy thereof, goeth and selleth all that he has and buyeth the field. A man sees a field. He sees treasure that is hidden inside the field. And for the joy of seeing that treasure, that field, that has treasure. He goes to sell everything that he has to use the money to buy the field. Jesus said that that is the way the kingdom of God is. The man sees an opportunity, an opportunity that others did not see. Opportunities that people will look at it that this is a waste. What is, why will he sell everything that he has to go and buy this field? He sees that there is treasure inside that field and with joy, with joy, he goes to sell, to sell everything he has and buy the field. Sometimes some people may say that you are wasting your resources. When you, are inve when you will look at it that you are investing into the kingdom of God. Your time, your talent, everything that you have, you are investing it because you know that an it's an investment that will give you benefit in the future. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. We give our lives like we have in verse 5 of our test, and they exceeded our expectation. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord, and then by the will of God to us. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord, and then they gave by the will of God. So we give our lives. As we call ourselves children of God, our lives we give unto the Lord. We give our lives, and by consequences, our time, our talents, our resources, our money, our worship, our praise, our fellowship, 
all this we give unto the Lord. And our giving must be active, must not be passive. In Matthew chapter 25, Matthew chapter 25 from verse 14, quickly. Matthew chapter 25 from verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling in a far country who called unto his servant and delivered unto them his good. So this scripture tells us that the kingdom of God, Jesus said the kingdom of God is like a man that gives talents to his servants. And he expects them to use the talent, to invest the talent and make returns for him. So that our talents, our resources, our time, whatever we have that belong to us, that we control, that nobody can take away from us, we give it into the kingdom of God. The Lord will bless us, will help us in Jesus' name. Give it to the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The work of soul winning, the work of evangelism, these are things that we are called upon. We are called to invest what we have into them. We are called to give what we have, what we control, what, what I, if I don't give it, nobody will give it. I decide my time. I decide, I decide, I prioritize, I plan, I decide what I will do with my time, my money, my resources. Worshiping God, praising God, fellowshipping with God. We are called upon to give unto God. And as we do, the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. We also call upon to give to the Levite. We are called upon to give to the work of God, to the people that are working in the house of God. We are called upon to give also distributing to the necessity, the needs of the saints. The needs of the saints. The needs of the saints. The people, all of us, we are part of the body of Christ. Right? We are part of the body of Christ. When there are some needs in the church and we have resources to give to meet the need. Once you identify that, yes, I can see this need in the church and I can see that I have resources that I can give to meet the need, it is God that is calling you. How did God call Moses? How did God call Abraham? How did God call Paul the apostle? How did God call Jeremiah? How will God call me today? By the time you see that there is something here, and then I have the resources to meet it, that is the way the Spirit of God that pointed your attention to it is calling on you to rise up and meet that need. The Lord will help us to obey when we receive such calls in Jesus' name. In Romans chapter 12, verse 13. Romans chapter 12 and verse 13. Romans chapter 12 and verse 13. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, verse 13, distributing to the necessities of the saint. Distributing to meet the need of the saints. I, I identify somebody in the church who has a need, who is in need of maybe whatever the person is in need of, and then immediately I identify it, that person is part of the body of Christ. And God has given me resources to meet that need. 
It is the call of God, according to the word of God, unto me to rise up and meet that need. If I walk away, we remember the story, the parable, or the story of the Samaritans. The Levite got there and walked away. The other one, religious person, also the priest also got there and walked away. But the publican, the Samaritan, got there and met the need of the person. And Jesus did not give that story for us, just for us to know that it is a story. It is for us. And it is to be applied to us today in this church. This is the body of Christ. No, no Baptist church here in Montreal. We that we are members of the church here right now, the Lord brought us here for a purpose. The Lord did not bring us here just by accident. You are here, you are part of the body of Christ. And we have to play our part. I have to play my part, you have to play your part. When you see a child of God that is in need, you don't wait and say, no, it belongs, it's the, it's the elders that will do that. It's the pastor that will go and visit that person. It is not my job. That is why I am not the pastor. That is why I am not a deacon. That is why I am not this. Yes, if we say that, it will be the devil that is blocking our vision. It will be lack of understanding of the relationship we have. I am in a relationship with Jesus Christ. I am in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And this person that is hurting, when you see a child of God that is hurting, when you see a child of God that is in need, the person that is hurting is the body of Christ. The person that is hurting is the body of Christ. And I see a child of God that is hurting, that is in need, that is in serious need. And I can pick up a call, I can visit, I can give, I can do something that will make the person to, after I depart, then the person will say, wow, God, I thank you because I'm getting this because I'm part of the body of Christ in Snowdon Baptist Church. God, I thank you for doing this, for, for sending this person to, as, is, as the person is saying that, so also the body of Christ, what is happening to the body of Christ is that the, the pain, the hurt on his body, maybe on his leg, I don't know, or his arm that is hurting him, you are, you, are, you are pouring oil of comfort into that part that is hurting him. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. In that uh, Matthew chapter 25, if we can look at Matthew chapter 25 quickly, Matthew chapter 25, and verse 34, he said, Then shall the king say unto them on the right hand, Come ye blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. Stranger, ye took me in. Naked, ye clothed me. Sick, ye visited me. In prison, ye came in unto me. And then they will ask him, when did we see all that? We, did, we never met you. We never saw you do and do all these things to you. And then he will tell them, as long as you did it to those ones that in where you are located in Montreal, as long as you did it to them, you have done it unto me. In, in Act of the Apostles chapter 9, let's look at Act of the Apostles chapter 9. In Act of the Apostles chapter 9, the Bible gave us the account of the story of the call of God unto how God called Saul. Saul was persecuting the church, right? 
Saul was persecuting the church, beating them up. From verse 1, and Saul, yet breathing out, threatening, and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest, verse 2, and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogue, that if he found any on the way, whether whether they be men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth, and heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why persecuted thou me? And he said, Lord, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecuted. It is hard for thee to kick against the prick. Saul was persecuting the church, right? Saul was zealous. We know the story. He was zealous. He was pers- Anybody that called the name of Jesus, I'll beat the person up. I will, you know, throw the person in. He even got author- authorization. He got the, he got the, he got the approval of the priest, of the high priest. Yes, go ahead. So he was going. And then on the way, he met Jesus. A light shined from heaven. And then he fell down. And the voice he heard, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul responded, who are you, Lord, that I'm persecuting? I'm not persecuting you. (laughs) How can I be persecuting you that you are shining light from heaven? I'm not persecuting you. Who are you? But Jesus said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Now, the, the point is this. Why will Jesus say, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Saul said, I, 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 maybe it's mistaken identity. I, I'm not persecuting you, sir. I'm persecuting those guys, those people. They are the one. Yes, I know I'm persecuting them, but not you. But Jesus said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? So that the persecution that he was doing, as he was beating them, or as they were hurting, as they were running helter-skelter, as they were in pain, the body of Christ was hurting. And when the body of Christ hurts, flipping it to the other side, as you give to suit the hurt, to, 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 to the need of that person, and the person is happy, and the person is receiving it, and the person is giving glory to God, so also you are giving to God, you are giving into to him. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. The people in Macedonia, they saw giving as an opportunity to serve. They saw giving as an opportunity. So they urgently, verse 4, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in the service of the Lord. When you give to the Lord, to his work, to his people, you are sh- doing what? You are becoming part of the service, serving the Lord. They saw it as an opportunity and they gave. Finally, we're looking at God's abundance for the sacrificial giver. God's abundance for the sacrificial giver. The Lord has promised that when we give, we will not give in vain. And we will not give in vain in Jesus' name. Certainty of reward for us when we give. Certainty of reward for us when we give. 
In Matthew chapter 10 and verse 42, and whosoever shall give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water only in my name, in the name of a disciple, verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose the reward. Anything you give to anybody in the name of being a disciple, the word of God says, surely you will get the reward. Certainty that we will be rewarded. Sacrificial givers will, sacrificial giving will always trigger heavenly response. We remember that one of the widow, the, the, the widow's might. She gave and Jesus pointed attention to him that what she gave has touched heaven. There are some things we do that actually touches heaven. There are others we do that don't touch heaven. We remember in Genesis chapter 4, the Bible told us of the giving, the sacrifice of Cain and that of Abel. Sacrifice of Abel. What was the difference between the sacrifice of Cain and Abel? Cain brought what I can call, what we can refer to as his leftover. Cain brought leftover, but Abel brought the fat. Abel brought something that is very good, quality, the quality of the gift, the quality of the gift. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. In that verse 22, Genesis chapter, chapter 22, we remember that God tested Abraham, and Abraham passed the test. And in verse 15 to 18, he said, I swear by heaven, by myself. He said, I swear by myself. In blessing, I will bless you. Why? Because you have obeyed my word. In blessing, I will bless you. Why? Because you have done what? You have obeyed my word. And then in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, we know very popular scripture. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. Let's, let's read it. It's another example of giving sacrificially unto the Lord. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. He said, bring you all the tithes. Tithe is, is a tenth of, of our income. He said, bring you all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house, and prove me now herewith, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. They bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse. There is a storehouse in the house of God. There is a storehouse. Because all the needs in the house of God is made from the storehouse. And the Lord expects that we are the one that will contribute to that storehouse. He said, bring all the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house. Now, he now personalizes it. That there may be meat in my house. Bring all the tithe into the... Some people will tell us that, no, tithe, all these are things that you are talking about. They are are things of the Old Testament. We are New Testament believers. We do he said, bring all the tithe into this, that there may be meat in my house. Prove me now herewith. He said, prove me now herewith, says the Lord of hosts. It is the word of God. 
says the Lord of hosts, and then you will see, if I will not in turn open unto you the windows of heaven, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, and there shall not be enough room to receive it. Abundance follow sacrificial giving. And this year, 2023, the God of abundance will visit every one of us in Jesus' name. He said, prove me now herewith, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open unto you. I will open unto you the windows of heaven, and then I will pour out blessings unto you. This is the word of God. I may say, no, no, I don't, we don't believe. If whatever the devil makes, puts on my, you know, my mentality, and I don't keep, if there is electricity here, and I need to charge my phone, I plug my phone to the electricity, it collects the power, right? If I don't plug to the electricity, the electricity will be, will be there, my phone will die, right? If, I, if we key into the word of God, he said, prove me now here with, says the Lord of hosts. And then you will see, if I will not meet my word, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that rooms will not be enough. He then said in verse 11, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. All those things that take your money away. All those things that hurt you. All those things that take, all those things that make life difficult for you. I will do what? I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. The devourer that devour your, 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 your harvest. I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. It shall not destroy the fruit of your ground. Neither Shall your vine cast a fruit before the time in the field? Again, says the Lord of hosts. Says the Lord of hosts. All nations shall call you blessed, and then you shall become a delightsome land. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. The Lord has promised that when we give sacrificially, he will meet us at the point of our need. Finally, in verse 16, in verse 16 of Malachi chapter 3, he said, Then they that fear the Lord speak one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard. And he opened a book of remembrance that is written before him for them that fear the Lord. And they shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, in the day when I make up my jewels. I will spare them as a man spares his own son that serve him. He said, A day will come when I will spare them as a man spares the people that serve him. And finally, in verse 18, he said, Then shall ye return, and ye shall discern between the righteous and the wicked, and between him that serve God and those that serve him not. He said, the time is coming. A time is coming when I will put a distinction between the people that are serving God and the people that are not serving God. I pray that this year, 2023, we will serve the Lord. And the Lord will fulfill all his words and promises in our lives, in our families, in Jesus' name. 
all the areas of our need, the Lord God of heaven will rise up and meet them for us in Jesus' name. He said, prove me now, herewith, says the Lord, prove me, do what I ask you to do, and then you will see that need in your life, that thing that you are hurting about. When you, when you look at what the Macedonians did, they left what is hurting them, and they went to take care of the work of God. That when you do that, the widow woman also gave out of, you know, out of nothing, she gave, right? The Macedonian people, she said they gave out of their ability, and even beyond their ability, they gave entirely willingly, entirely of their own. As we obey the Lord and give, the Lord will meet all our needs, all our desire this year in Jesus' name. Concerning our family, concerning our children, concerning our work, concerning everything that, you know, becomes our interest, becomes your interest. The God of heaven, by the power of his word, he will meet us at the point of our needs in Jesus' name. So that is the, that is the takeaway from 2 Corinthians chapter 8 from verse 1 to 5. We saw the joy in the midst of trials. These people were in trials, in severe poverty, but they were still happy. They were still happy. What was making them happy? It was because they know that they belong to the Lord. And the Lord will give us this, uh, this joy of salvation in voluntary and sacrificial giving to the work of God. We have to give to the work of God. We have to give to the work of God. God himself is a giver. And the work with God is about giving. We have to give. We give our lives. We give our time. We give our talent. We give to the need, to the need, the necessities of, 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 of the people of God. Christian giving also is an investment. When people begin to look at it as an expense, it is because they do not share the hope that we have. When you have that hope, you know that you will be rewarded. And then there is abundance for the sacrificial giver. The Lord will fulfill his words in our lives in Jesus' name. Shall we bow down our heads for prayers? Let's use two minutes to talk, to talk to God and say, God, this year, make me a giver. Make me somebody that will meet, that will, that will, that will spend my resources, spend my resources, my time, my talent, my money, my fellowship, my worship unto you, acceptably, willingly, sacrificially. Holy Spirit, help me. The grace that you gave to the Macedonian believers, give it unto me. Give it unto me. Give it unto me. Oh God, give it unto me in the mighty name of Jesus. And the abundance that you promised. You said you will open the heavens. You will rebuke the devourer. You will meet us at the point of our need. Oh God, do it in my life. Do it in this church, Snowdon Baptist Church. Your body, the body of Christ. Do it in our life. All our brethren that are hurting. All our brethren that are sick. All our brethren that are having one need or the other, problems or the other. Father, help us. Father, help us. Help us. Help us. Help us. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Praise the Lord. God bless you.